Hello and welcome to the Riverside Podcast. This week's sermon is delivered by Sarah Potter and it's entitled, Are We Nearly There Yet? Good morning. (laughs) I'd just like to um, begin this morning by playing a film clip, if I may, so thanks Martin.
could just sit down again after that song, couldn't I? It's like a sermon all by itself. <laughs> you put the uh, main slide on for me, Martin. Thank you. I'm calling this talk, Are We Nearly There Yet? <laughs> Are We Nearly There Yet? Because, you know, as a child, that's exactly the question that I would constantly ask five minutes into a very, very long car journey. Are we nearly there yet? Our destination was hundreds of miles away. We'd got ourselves a whole lot of waiting to do. And I'd be losing my patience before we'd even got to the end of the road. But children are like that, aren't they? But if we're being entirely honest with ourselves, we're not all that good at waiting either, are we? <laughs> um, does anyone get a little bit frustrated when you put on hold on the phone for too long? <laughs> some of you may be. I was, um, I was taking a look at some news reports while I was preparing for today. And I discovered that an Australian gentleman was put on the hold on the phone, forget this, 15 hours, 40 minutes, and one second. <laughs> I think the one second was really important there. <laughs> but that's enough to drive anybody crazy, right? <laughs> or how about this one? That looks bad. <laughs> In August 2010, Beijing was reportedly not a great place to be if you lacked patience. How would you feel if you found yourself trapped in a 62-mile-long traffic jam that lasted for an incredible 12 days? 12 days. <laughs> We're not all that great at queues either, are we? Has anyone ever been on the London Eye? Yeah, a few of you. <laughs> Apparently, it has an average waiting time of two and a half hours. That's a long time. I'm sure it was worth it, though. I'm sure it was worth it. <laughs> but I think that Joseph would have been pretty good at queuing for the London Eye. <laughs> I think that he got pretty good at playing the whole waiting game. Joseph was about 17 years old when he was sold to the Midianites, and in Genesis chapter 41, verse 46, it tells us that he was 30 when he became overseer to Pharaoh. That's 13 years. 13 years of knowing that God had called him to something bigger than himself. Something greater than his circumstances. 13 years of knowing that God had a plan and a purpose for his life that would cause even his own family to bow down before him. 13 years of knowing all of that. And yet, Joseph found himself held back and constrained at every possible turn and in every possible way from fulfilling his God-given calling. Can I ask you this morning, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? 
because I believe some of you here today may be feeling exactly like Joseph. Maybe for some of you, you're waiting for a physical healing that just doesn't seem to be coming. Maybe you're waiting for a new job opportunity to come your way. And whichever way you turn, the door just seems to shut in your face. Maybe you're waiting for God to heal a broken relationship. Maybe you're waiting for clarification or direction because you just have no idea which way you're meant to turn. Whatever it is that you're waiting for, you feel exactly like we can probably guess that Joseph felt at times. Hindered, held back and limited by his current circumstances. You know what, I think it's really important that I say this and I'm saying it to myself too. Most of the time, most of the time, God needs to work on me before he can work on the mountain in my life. Most of the time, God needs to work on me before he can work on my mountain. There are certain concepts that the Lord can only teach me while I wait on him. I can't learn them any other way. Sometimes waiting on him is the only way. I love the way that the message paraphrases Romans chapter 8, verses 24 to 25. It says this, That is why waiting does not diminish us. Any more than waiting diminishes a pregnant mother. We are enlarged in the waiting. We, of course, don't see what is enlarging us. But the longer we wait, the larger we become and the more joyful our expectancy. (laughs) Great passage that, hey? (laughs) Sometimes God allows us to play out the whole waiting game simply because He's calling us to a purpose that is bigger than our circumstances. It's bigger than our own strength or abilities. And it's most definitely bigger than us. God's more interested in strengthening my character than he is in immediately bringing resolution to my situation. He wants to grow my character to carry the size of my calling. He wants to grow our character to carry the size of our calling. That was how it was for Joseph. God allowed him to be sent into those negative situations so that he could prepare his character to match the size of his calling. 1 Peter chapter 1 verses 6 to 7 this is the new living translation says so be truly glad there is wonderful joy ahead even though you must endure trials for a little while these trials will show that your faith is genuine it is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold though your faith is far more precious than mere gold So when your faith remains strong 
through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. God wants to grow our character, to carry the size of our calling. So here's what I believe the scriptures teach us that we should do while we wait. Very cute. I like that picture. (laughs) Firstly, act like you already have it. Act like it's already yours. Mark chapter 11 verse 24 says, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. You know, I'm, I'm not a mum. <laughs> I've never gone through the whole pregnancy thing. <laughs> I'm not 100% convinced that I want to actually. It sounds rather painful, doesn't it? I've heard that. Have you heard that? Yep. <laughs> but I do happen to have, in my completely unbiased opinion, a very beautiful niece and a completely wonderful nephew. And you know what I noticed from the moment that they found out that Kirst was pregnant? John and Kirst didn't just sit back and wait for it to happen. They didn't just sit back and wait for that baby to arrive. They acted more like the baby was actually with them than anything else. They started preparing. Kirst started cutting out certain foods that she knew would be harmful to the baby. She started eating foods that she knew would allow her unborn child to grow well and support his development. They would talk with enthusiasm and expectancy about names for the child. They waited with eager anticipation as they felt their baby kick for the first time. Kirsten John painted the nursery and bought furniture, clothes and nappies in preparation for the baby's arrival. They believed in faith that their baby was coming and they acted accordingly. So can I say this? Waiting doesn't mean we just sit around and do nothing. (laughs) We wait expectantly, preparing ourselves because we know that if God says it's going to happen then it is going to happen it's going to happen Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 3 this is the contemporary English version says at the time I have decided my words will come true you can trust what I say about the future It may take a long time, but keep on waiting. It will happen. Okay, number two, what should we do while we wait? (laughs) We learn how to wait well. We learn how to wait well. You know what? Regardless of whether you're waiting for God to bring breakthrough to your situation or not this morning. Every single one of us sat here in this room needs to learn how to be a good waiter. 
We need to learn what waiting on God looks like in our day in, day out, walk with him. I'm sure many of you have been to a few nice restaurants in your time. Maybe you've also been to one or two terrible restaurants that you'd rather never go back to again. And obviously, the standard of the food is one of the contributing factors in whether we decide to return to a particular restaurant or not for a second time. But I think that many of you will agree that one of the most important aspects of any good restaurant is the quality of service you receive from the staff who wait on your table. When I was 19, I experienced what exceptional waiting looks like for the first time. So picture this. It's Valentine's Day. Yeah. Now, this hasn't happened to me many times in my life. You can get the violins out now if you like. (laughs) This hasn't happened to me many times in my life. But a lovely young man asked me out for a dinner at a beautiful Italian restaurant in Lincoln. I'm not sure how he managed to afford it, actually, because he was a student too. (laughs) But from the moment that we arrived at that restaurant, literally every need that we could possibly have was attended to. And as I sat preparing for today, I was trying to remember what made this particular member of staff stand out as such an incredible waiter to the point where I can still remember the quality of his service today. So here's what I remember. Number one, (laughs) he knew his menu inside out, back to front, upside down and sideways. (laughs) That waiter knew what the soup of the day was. He could explain particular dishes to us. He knew precisely how certain foods had, to, had been cooked. He just, he just knew. Waiting on God well involves us knowing our own menu well. Can you see where I'm going with this one? <laughs> Good waiting requires us to know the scriptures well. Being a good waiter means that we make time and space to learn the living, breathing word of God and apply it to our lives. Regardless of whether God's put in his order for spaghetti carbonara or not yet, (laughs) it is essential that we learn to hear the voice of God through the scriptures and apply it to our lives. Many of you will know this one. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16 says, All scripture, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness. Even when it's hard, even when we're tired, especially, especially when we're busy, We need to make that space to learn God's menu off by heart. Number two, 
be attentive. That waiter was more attentive to us than I've ever seen of any restaurant staff anywhere before. He was ready to serve us whenever we needed something. Of course, he would serve us our meal when it was time. That bit is important. When it was time, he would fulfill his main role. But in between those times, while he was waiting around for the meal to be cooked, while we sat chatting away, he stood close by, attentive to us, listening out for us if we needed something. He wasn't in another room. He wasn't so distracted by the busyness of serving at other tables that he missed our call when we wanted more drinks, or in my case, probably a full chocolate cake in between courses. <laughs> but he was there, ready to serve us in whatever way we needed. Acts chapter 16, verse 25, says, About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Paul and Silas were restricted in every possible sense of the word. They'd been tortured, they'd been beaten, they'd been placed in physical restraints that were so tight that it would have caused them to cramp up. They were cold and thirsty. Darkness surrounded them, physically and spiritually. And in all of that, while they waited, they chose to remain attentive to God through prayer and worship. Isn't that such a challenge for us? Are we ready? Are we attentive to his voice? Do we ensure that there's enough space in our doing to simply listen to the Lord's call and direction over our lives? Are we ready to adapt or change the way that we live, the way that we serve, as soon as we hear his voice? Are we ready for that? Okay, last one. Number three. What made that waiter so good at waiting? He knew that the customer was always right. <laughs> I think many of us have had a waiter approach us, usually while we're taking a mouthful of food. <laughs> Has anyone ever noticed that? <laughs> yeah, that happens to me all the time. But staff will often approach you in a pub or a restaurant to check if the food is okay for you. That happens a lot, right? Yeah, that waiter did this too. But then he went the extra mile. At the end of the evening, he asked, he asked us, how could we have improved our service to you tonight? How could we have improved our service to you? He wanted the feedback. More than that, he actually welcomed it. You often give feedback to a member of staff and this guarded defensive look comes over their face. 
But with this particular waiter, you could genuinely see that he just wanted to improve. He was open to it and he welcomed it. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 6, this is the Passion Translation, says, For the Lord's training of your life is the evidence of his faithful love. And when he draws you to himself, it proves that you are his delightful child. You're his delightful child. (laughs) Are we ready and willing in our waiting to accept that the customer is always right? Are we open to the loving criticism that may come from our Father? Do we welcome the opportunity for God to change our character, to alter our perceptions and challenge our attitudes? Are we ready for him to realign our hearts and lives so that we remain on the correct course for the destination that lies ahead. Are we ready for that? Can I ask the band to come back up, please? Thanks, Tomo, wherever you are. He's gone. Oh, no, he's not. He's there. Thanks, guys. Thought he'd made a runner. You know, we're in pretty good company when we choose to wait well on God. And there really are certain concepts that the Lord can only teach me while I wait on him. Numbers chapter 12 verse 3 tells us that Moses was meek. He was humble. But he didn't start out that way. (laughs) He was pretty arrogant and self-assertive when he left Egypt. How did he learn that humility? How did he learn that humility? He learned it by waiting 40 years in a desert. Joseph bragged and boasted to his heart's content before he was sold into slavery. 13 years of waiting allowed God to soften his heart, learn forgiveness and adopt a level of humility which would be essential qualities for the overseer of the entirety of Egypt. The Lord really is in the business of growing my character to carry the size of my calling. He can only do that if we're prepared to learn how to wait well on him. Would you stand with me this morning? I encourage you guys to close your eyes and if you feel comfortable, open your hands in an act of receiving from him. I'm not going to pray anything. But I am going to encourage you this morning to wait on him. I just want to give us a couple of minutes, just a little bit of time this morning to listen out for his voice. What's he trying to order off the menu from you this morning?
you to tune into his heart and his his word for your life. Thank you for listening and if you'd like to find out more about us you can find us at riversidechurch.org.uk mm-hmm.